Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to News from the Nerds, the midweek news show by the Formula Nerds. For the next 30 minutes or so, we'll cover the main news headlines from the past week. A team of three to help me work through everything. We, of course, have our resident hot take specialist, Bridge. Bridge, how are you, my friend? All good, James. All good. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. And we have Abby. How's it going? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward because there's quite a bit of news today. There is. And once again, we have to thank Super Sub Sam for filling in on short notice after Grace got in a fight with a tennis racket and ended up with a concussion. So, uh, yeah, we all hope you feel better soon, Grace. But, yeah, Sam, how are you? Hopefully not concussed. Uh, not more than my usual amount. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully I can fill in well. Glad to hear it. Well, let's crack on. So, it's February, which means we are in a month where we will finally have F1 cars back on track. Now, Alfa Romeo added their launch date, which is the 27th of February, so actually after the first run out in Barcelona, but apparently there's no drama there. And it's all planned, so we'll we'll let them off there. Uh, Red Bull confirmed their launch date is the 9th, which we'll have live on our Twitter, so make sure to head over and watch that. And maybe most excitingly, we have Haas, of all people, as our first reveal tomorrow. So it's it's officially time. It's tis the season. And we're going to see our first car tomorrow. Everyone excited for that? I have heard rumours it's going to be blue as well. I've heard rumours it's going to be blue. Yeah. Um, I don't think the grid needs another blue car. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be very, I think it's going to be quite, it's going to be like a lighter red ball blue, I think I've seen from the mock-ups. But um, 
But yeah, I think Mazepin will be quick anyway. So I don't, I won't, I won't yeah, yeah. World champion 22, <laughs> we know. It doesn't matter what colour the car is, mate. Now, there were some rumours about uh, Mercedes, Red Bull and Aston Martin failing the side crash tests. Uh, now, we, through our, our secret sources, have, uh, and our super producer, Rich, who we have to give a shout out to for helping us with everything forever and assembling all this news. Uh, he is a legend. Now, he has some sources and they confirmed to us that uh, Aston Martin and Red Bull both, that was untrue, uh, totally debunked. And then I think it was Craig Scarborough on Twitter who, in regards to the Mercedes one, said that there literally isn't a side crash test. So, yeah, I think that's news to no news, if anything. I mean, anyone's had anything to add to that? Yeah, I think it's just some begrudged employees trying to, you know, unhappy with the pay packet or, you know, they've got a better offer somewhere else or they're bored either. (laughs) You know, it could be anything in this day and age or it could just be trolls on Twitter. You know, you never know. Yeah, I mean, Bridge, you know, taps into a really good point there with citizen, you know, journalism these days. Someone could literally just tweet something and it could, you know, grow legs of its own. Or is Christian Horner playing psychological or political games before the start of the season? Who knows? Yeah, he's, he's definitely got a, a throwaway second Twitter account, hasn't he, Christian? Oh, 100%. No, he's got a I burner. hate Toto. He's got a yeah. burner. No question. No question. I think, yeah, we're all just desperate for news though, aren't we? But on that note, we do have some official confirmed news, uh, which was that the FIA have made vaccinations mandatory for the 2022 season uh, now I think that's kind of a no-brainer I think we can probably all agree I mean there was some confusion as to whether I think it was already in existence because Alan van der Merwe the medical car driver had to miss the end of the season because he's unvaccinated ironically uh, but yeah uh, I think yeah I think we all agree that's uh, the right call to avoid any Novak Djokovic-esque dramas yeah, I think so. I think it's sport, um, this sport, you know, F1 is in its own little bubble in the fact that it's it's worldwide all the time. You know, you've got a whole paddock full of people traveling to every, almost every single country imaginable, you know, every big one at least. So, you know, you, you've got to be able to abide by everyone's COVID laws. You know, COVID's affected everybody, um, you know, and you've got to kind of put your personal opinions aside when you're competing in a sport this big. So, yeah. I think it's a it's a it's a good move. It's a it's a cover all bases type of move from the FIA there. It's definitely the right step for them because I think with races having not been on the calendar for the past couple of years and with this year being a 23 race season, they want to make sure that they can have as many races as they can. So having everyone vaccinated is definitely the right decision. Yeah, I mean, I also agree on this. When you have such a long calendar and it costs so much money to put on a Formula 1 race, You've got to safeguard it as best you can. And yeah, again, uh, I, hate, I hate doing this, but to agree again with Bridge, um, F1 operates in a bubble. Why do you hate it? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that bad, Sam. <laughs> Come on, man. Now, it pains me to agree with Bridge. That, but. That, that, yeah, to, uh, to agree with Bridge, F1 operates in a bubble and it's unique in that sense. You know, Premier League footballers, any other sportsmen around the world don't operate in quite the same way. They are still going out to communities and, you know, living in society throughout the season. Obviously, F1 drivers are, but to a lesser extent, they are travelling as a group from circuit to circuit, often, you know, week after week after week. So it's critical that you minimise that risk when it's such a large moving circus. 
Um, so yeah, I think it makes sense to to have the uh, the mandatory vaccines. And yeah, just to confirm, it is all personnel, all F1 personnel, media, everyone will have to be vaccinated. I think even fans as well. Uh, but it shouldn't really affect anyone because I know that Austin's Grand Prix last year already had double vaccination as a, a mandatory entry requirement. So yeah, it shouldn't change anything. Now, I think it's not the only official news coming out of the FIA. Isn't that right, Bridge? I mean, it is, it is rumour uh, at the moment, um, but we are hearing that it will only be three uh, sprint races uh, in in 2022, which is a big step down from what we were hearing earlier, which would it would be a lot more. Um, but I think they're probably listening to this podcast and realising that, that, you know, they're not that big of a hit. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. Because, you know, we, we said this a couple of weeks ago. We said, you know, they've got to be careful not to include too many. And now they've now backtracked on what they said they were going to say. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to put words in people's mouths, but... Yeah, I, th- I think it was either eight or six. I'd, I'd seen th- differing kind of um, reports as to how many they originally were planning. It's now looking pretty certain that, well, in fact, it is certain that it won't be Bahrain and Bahrain was one of the confirmed sprint venues. So that's interesting. And also, Gunter Steiner came out earlier this week and said that any proposal to increase the budget cap to make more sprint races possible for the teams would disadvantage the smaller teams. And I'm inclined to agree with them there. Yeah, to be, uh, yeah I agree. It's, it's, I think it's more hassle more than anything else for F1 teams. And if you're going to add, especially more races, you know, it's an actual race. It might, it might be a short one, but, you know, it still holds just as much risk for teams and it's still taxing on the cars. So having to do two races in the space of, you know, four days as an F1 driver is, is, is incredibly taxing. So yeah, I agree with, I agree with sign on that one. Yeah. Everyone hates to agree with me right now, Sam, don't they? Yeah. Everyone hates it. I'm, I'm never, <laughs> I'm never going to live this down. I, I genuinely <laughs> feel really bad. I'm going to be like trying to go to sleep and I'm going to be like, oh, I feel You're awful. gone, Sam. You're I'm cut. Be, I'm You're out. i thinking this. <laughs> Bring back Grace. <laughs> yeah. With the sprint races, I do agree that they are more hassle and like, Whilst they bring in more fans, last year we had three of them, but I only really enjoyed Brazil and that was only because Hamilton was starting at the back, so there was a lot of action in it. In the other two, I didn't really pay much attention and wasn't that fussed by them. So I'm quite glad that there's only going to be three. I agree. Well, looking into the future and into 2022, uh, I know we said a sad goodbye uh, to Honda at the end of last season, but it looks like, you know, like the weird guy at the party that won't leave. You know, you know that guy. They're still going to be sticking around. Is he for... you? What? What is your problem today, Sam? I'm I thought I'd lead into it. I'm joking. They will be supplying parts, at least, to uh, Red Bull's new powertrain department. Now, uh, they did say, or well, rumours were floating around, saying that uh, Honda would be doing this until 2025. Uh, but it has now been revealed that Honda said it hasn't agreed to any such deal. Uh, past 2022. Um, I don't know what you guys think about this, but to me, it puts some question marks around the powertrain department, in my in my opinion. Yeah, it, it's suspicious. And like, Red Bull keep on moving the goalposts with this, and Honda, I guess, as well, by extension. Because first it was going to be solely Red Bull going alone. Then, you know, Honda were going to help, albeit distantly, 
And then there are rumours that, yeah, they would be heavily involved till 2025. And now Red Bull have said that's not the case. But also, surely Red Bull wouldn't have made the moves that they have made in bringing in senior people from other teams if they weren't serious. I think you will see a step back in terms of their relative performance. I think everyone will you know, take a step back. But I think, yeah, twofold as to why they're going it alone and there's going to be teething issues, surely. But also they invested so much into last season that surely there's going to be a slight hangover to that. And also an important point to end on, in defence of the weird guy at the party, at least he helps clean up the glass at the end. Yeah, that 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 was my job actually. That was my job in high school. That was me. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels a bit like uh, Honda kind of going, "Oh, we won a championship. This is this is all right. This actually," and just maybe kind of worming their way back in subtly. But yeah, no, it's it's very confusing. I, we'll see what the the truth of it is in the end. But yeah, like you say, Sam, they've uh, they've hired, you know, they've uh, poached a lot of other teams engine specialists particularly Mercedes with a lot were going over weren't they they've got to go somewhere so if they were still had all the Honda you know team on the payroll there is a budget cap so surely I don't know where are where are they all going where's the money going for them yeah I know I I agree but um, speaking of Red Bull and speaking of our current world champion Max Verstappen uh, Abby please tell me Please tell me when Drive to Survive is being released. So Drive to Survive is expected to be released between the 9th and the 11th of March. And you can head over to our Twitter to find out more information and our website on that. But Verstappen has said that he will not be taking part. He signed with Viaplay, I believe, but he doesn't want to be a part of Netflix's Drive to Survive. And I'm sure we all know that there has been some controversy over the series and whether it's dramatised and exaggerated with different things but will you guys be watching this new series so between the 9th and the 11th so the 10th then yeah i mean (laughs) that's just (laughs) maths i'm sorry all the shots are being fired today (laughs) (laughs) no that's that's not on abby that's on i saw that as well so that's the uh, the official dates that have been thrown about because i feel like it's usually a friday that netflix release stuff hot exclusive Maybe. I'm, <laughs> Someone get cut I mean, I will be watching it just because I can't not. You know, I love F1. And also, I'm that, if I get, you know, a few seasons into something, I have to finish it. So I would finish it anyway, but, you know. Um, <laughs> it might not think finish, it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's been going for 70 years. I I think it's going to be a really, a really strong production kind of I think it's good that you know we had an excellent 2021 season I think I, I hope they hit the right spots I'm sure they will there's plenty of content for them to use and yes it's is definitely a shame that Max won't be in it he is one of the two main championship protagonists after all um I think Netflix are seasoned enough at this to be able to work around it I feel like <sighs> I feel like this might be a bit of a tactical move by Max because maybe he's seen something or he said some things behind the scenes that maybe Netflix have got, but now he's signed with someone else and said, you know, oh, you can't use my stuff anymore. You know, I've, I've said I don't want to be a part of it. Um, so he might have said some stuff that he doesn't want, be, want seen on, on the TV, but obviously that's all speculation. Um, but yeah, I'll be there. I'll be watching it. You know, 2021 was probably one of the best seasons of F1 ever. 
you know, despite all the controversy, and I know there's people out there that hated it because of that, but, um, but it, you know, at the end of the day, it was. And it brought in millions and millions of more fans, uh, and largely thanks to Netflix. Um, so they've done a brilliant job with it. And, yeah, I'll, I'll be there, front row, bucket of popcorn. Well, speaking of Max, he has also been nominated for the Sportsman of the Year Award, the Laureus Award, along with Tom Brady, the NFL player who's just announced his retirement, and Djokovic, the tennis player who has been in the news a lot recently. Now, Max didn't win Sports Personality of the Year Award. Do you guys think he could win this one? Yeah, I think he could. I mean, in terms of the year he's had, it's the best year he's had on record. You know, it's one of the best years we've seen out of an F1 driver aside from Lewis Hamilton um, in the last decade. So, you know, it'll be it'll be stupid for him not to at least be in the conversation. Um, I mean, as, as, well, as far as rivals go for this award, you know, Tom Brady, excellent career. So, so year. You know, he you know, he missed the playoffs if if there's any NFL fans out there. Sorry, he didn't miss the playoffs, he got eliminated from the playoffs. Um, you know, he's had a so so year. But but yeah, I think in terms of the year that Max Verstappen has had, he more than deserves at least an off track award, at least one. Yeah, I think it's with Max, obviously is 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 one title and you're going up against, let's face it, legacy candidates in you know Tom Brady. Djokovic for all the kind of, you know, COVID-related stuff. If we put that aside, you know, this is a man who has got 20 grand slams. You know, he's second now to Rafa Nadal, which is, I guess, punishment uh, in its own right um, that he's now not, you know, joint top. But yeah, that context, I think, is important for Max because he has beaten a legacy to win his first world title. And I think that's the strength of his case for this award. Um, but also Robert Lewandowski is another candidate um, or nominee rather and he has been sublime for a couple of seasons now um, you know untouchable really um, in terms of goal scoring so yeah it'd be it'd be good to see Max win because Formula 1 drivers often don't get the recognition when compared with athletes from other sports um, and let's face it he was sensational last year You've got to be to beat Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be an interesting one. I mean, it might come down. I'm not sure what they they really vote on if it's performance. I mean, the controversy could play a part, obviously, with like we said the end of the season, and then similarly with Djokovic and the vaccine stuff, and maybe it will just go to a. I mean, yeah, I agree with Bridge as much as I hate to do it. I, I agree with Bridge that yeah, <laughs> that the NFL Tom Brady retirement go. Yeah. But I didn't have the best season. And yeah, it'd be weird if Lewandowski won it, considering he didn't win the Ballon d'Or. I know he won the, the FIFA best men's player, but yeah, I, I do agree though. He, you know, he should have won the, the Ballon d'Or anyway. Well, speaking of Max and Hamilton and the controversy, Hamilton has still been radio silent on social media and we haven't heard a word from him since the events of Abu Dhabi. It looks like Confirmation of whether he will continue in F1 could happen at the end of next week. And the German broadcaster RTL has said that he will almost certainly be at the Mercedes car launch. Now, I don't want him to retire. I want him to come back fighting. But I know that at least one person on this panel believes that Hamilton could retire. He's gone. 
He's gone. He is gone. And Mercedes has spent the entire off-season trying to convince their seven-time world champion to get back in their car. They have already started preparing. There's been reports today. They've already started preparing Nick DeVere's, you know, to, to get in the car as his replacement. He's already been in the F1 simulator. Could that be a coincidence? Maybe. But the timing is a little bit suspect. But I'm honestly, I'm bored of it now. I'm bored. I'm bored of Lewis not saying anything. That might just be the journalist in me. But say something. At least you're at least you owe at least that to your fans. Wouldn't I mean, Abby? You're an F1. You're an F1 fan. You're a Lewis Hamilton fan. Wouldn't you allow just just a, just something? Even if it was just a a twenty word or ten word tweet, even a two word tweet that says "I'm back." on Twitter would be enough would be enough and then that would ignite a fire it would be brilliant it would but I guess that he's like he's still reeling from the effects of Abu Dhabi and maybe he doesn't want to say anything on social media because he knows that there'll be an influx of messages and he wants to focus on this upcoming season but his decision his career I don't think anyone really knows what he's going to I mean first of all Loving the Michael Jordan reference there, Bridge. Um, but I can't see him leaving. There's too much left on the table. There's too much left unsaid. He has a point to prove this year. And I think he will. I think what this is, is time for him to... It might sound dramatic, but grieve. I think the the way that the season finished was so intense and emotionally draining... For both him and Max, like you, know, you, you, you can't take away the fact that Max won a world title, and but didn't wouldn't have won it in the way that he would have wanted to, and I think that's hard on Max as well. So I think both of them have needed time to kind of mentally prepare themselves, and I think that's it's just Mercedes giving him the space to do that, and I think also you know there's the element of using it as leverage to make sure the FIA follows through with their promises to kind of, you know, investigate what happened and reform where they find issues. Um, but I can't see him hanging it up now. Yeah. And especially going into this season, like the cars are supposed to give closer racing, which means that there'll be more of a battle on track and more of a challenge. And Hamilton has always said that he wants a challenge. He doesn't want to just have it plain sailing and win. And last year, we did see the battle between him and Max. So maybe he will come back this year if there's a potential battle between not just him and Max, but with more drivers at the front of the grid battling for the title. But I really don't want to see him retire. I don't think anyone wants to see him retire, but it's only going to get harder from now on. It's only going to get harder. Time isn't on his side. He's 37. He's going into a brand new car with brand new regulations. The last, you know, the hybrid era, he's dominated. Dominated, you know, he smashed out of the park in the hybrid era. He's now got to contend with a better teammate in George Russell. He's got to contend with, you know, he's still, he might have to contend with Max Verstappen if Red Bull can put a car together. They've got Ferrari, he's got Ferrari, Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz. He's got Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo, cross fingers. Mazepin. Mazepin, you know, they're all coming through. <laughs> all jokes aside, you know, they're all coming through and gunning for his title. If he comes back, you know, and he goes to testing and he's in a midfield car, 
No one can tell me that he's going to sit in that midfield car for the whole of 2022 and just troll round with, you know, Sebastian Vettel for 23 races. And he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. So I think he's staying silent until testing where he can get in the car, decide if it's good enough. And if it's not, off to the music booth, off to the, off to the design studio, you know, start yeah. another career. Yeah, he's got plenty on his plate, hasn't he, for when he does yeah, call it I mean, a day. I think, yeah, it's... Like you say, I, I think... There's no way he's not going to drive the car. After all this, you know, the build-up to these new regulations, he's at least out of curiosity going to want to see what it's like. And yet, whether or not there are official timings, they're going to know if they have a good car or not. They, they'll they figure it out. They've got enough people with stopwatches watching the other teams. They'll know that vaguely if they've pulled a stinker or not. And yeah, like you say, he'll probably make his decision based on that. And yeah, he's, you know, it's like a, a game of cat and mouse between him and the FYA with who's going to come out with the information latest. And that's why they've said that this announcement will be on the day of the first Grand Prix. And yeah, the one thing I'll say is that he's generally always been pretty quiet over the winter. Like, this has obviously become a big thing because it's snowballed. And ironically, he's normally snowboarding. And you'll see like one video of that. And that's about it. But obviously, we're all waiting, and it makes it a bigger story. It doesn't really owe it to anyone to to say anything. I don't think even you know as a fan, I, I it's up to him when he decides to come out of this blackout. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm not sold on on them putting Nick DeVries straight into the straight into a race car. Like he's in the Mercedes program, you know, res- reserve driver certainly. If Lewis were to not come back. I personally would love to see Pierre Gasly take that seat. Could you imagine Pierre Gasly going up against the Red Bulls in a title I mean, fight? Yeah, I mean, that would be the biggest middle finger to Christian Horner, though. Can you imagine that? That would be absolutely incredible. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think a more realistic one would probably be Esteban Ocon. You know, he's in the Driver Academy. He's, you know, he's got Toto Wolff as his agent. It, who, who cares if you, you know, annoy Alpine a little bit? It frees Just, up a spot for Piastri as well. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, but these are all speculations, you know, you, you don't know. We don't know what Lewis's situation is still. But um, but yeah, I don't think he's coming back. Speaking of Ocon and Alpine, it has been in the news today that the team have got two new people getting new jobs within the constructors. And they are Pat Fry, who's now the chief technical officer, and Matt Harmon, the new technical director. Fry will focus on developing the car and enhancing the performance and Harmon will focus on strengthening the link to the engine department and the chassis technical direction. Now, Alpine have got two great drivers. Ocon has a lot of potential. Alonso is great. I don't know whether they'll do as well in 2022 as they did last year. I'd like to see them do well, but I think they're just with these new people, they're just trying to strengthen as much as they can to do as well. Do you guys think they'll do well this year or not? I, I said this in a past podcast. I think Alpine are going to be drifting further towards the back, just just based on the fact that they've changed so much. You know, they've got, a, you know, they're, they're having brand new staff, you know, left, right and centre. They've lost Alain Prost. You know, there's, there's rumours about engine trouble already. You know, none of these rumours are positive. Um... And, you know, all these staff members, like Abby just said, you know, they're, they're coming in trying to increase relationships or work on, you know, certain bits of the car. 
Um, and I know that's their job, but, you know, I, I just have a feeling about Alpine this year. I, I, I don't think they're going to do as well as, you know, many hope. Yeah, I think it's, it's the way Alan Pross left, right? It's clearly a bit of a, like a, an office political hotbed. Um, there's clearly, you know, stuff going on there. I also think last season was a bit of a misnomer for them. Like, the win was, yes, Ocon did fantastically well to capitalise on an opportunity, but it, you know, it wasn't obviously representative of the car. And, you know, Fernando Alonso was fantastic in um, Qatar and Ocon almost got another podium in Saudi Arabia. But other than that, I, I, I seem to recall a lot of the season them kind of not being as strong as Renault had been in, in 2020. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's difficult looking just at the standings to, to kind of get an accurate kind of reading on their year. It was hard to really know like, where they stood. You get the impression they didn't understand themselves why they were just randomly very quick at certain tracks because they came along and sometimes they looked like the fourth, third even best car at a track, better than Ferrari and McLaren. And then they would just disappear again the next weekend and there wasn't even a, a, a common denominator in the type of track or anything. It was just seemingly random. Uh, but yeah, for next year, it's hard to know who, who to believe. We've heard rumours earlier on in the I remember about them maybe having had some kind of loophole that they'd or some breakthrough in the engine that was going to make them the class of the field and then obviously Alan Prost came out and said no it's rubbish so yeah it's all a mystery isn't it we have no idea I feel like it could be a bit all or nothing for them yeah and also I, I recall part of that story about them being apparently very quick was also the speculation that they could be unreliable and whoever it was who tweeted it made the joke that, you know, they'll lock out the front row on a Saturday, but they won't get past seven laps. So, you know, it's all for naught if you can't get the car to the chequered flag, right? I feel like it's going to be Mazepin's problem this year. I think he's going to put it on the front row. <laughs> he's going to put it on the front row every race, but he won't. He'll spin at turn he, three. He won't back down to Max. Oh no! He'll just no, crash no. at the first corner every time. <laughs> clash of the Titans! I'm telling you right now, clash that you have. You thought you thought Lewis versus Max was heated. Jeez! You haven't seen the Russian. You haven't seen the Russian defend his spot. Well, another piece of news is that Aston Martin has partnered with Aramco, the Saudi Arabian oil and energy company, to promote sustainability and just help them develop. The outfit this year and I personally think that Aston Martin is still trying to develop themselves under the control of Lawrence Stroll I'd like to see them do well because I like Sebastian Vettel but I don't think they're there yet yeah I, I think bringing bringing in Aramco as a a co-title sponsor I guess uh, with Cognizant it makes sense their branding is all over a Grand Prix weekend, like quite literally on the track um, around Co. So, yeah, it, it makes sense that they would make that move sooner rather than later. They were linked to Mercedes, albeit a, dump, a debunked rumour, um, towards the end of last year. Um, and, yeah, they can compete directly with Patronus. So it makes sense from that perspective. Um, 
but yeah, it'll be be interesting to see potentially the longest name in F1 history uh, on the constructors list. Yeah, at least it's given them the very catchy name of Aston Martin Cognizant Aramco Formula One team, which you can, you know, chuck that on a cup. But yeah, I mean, Aramco, there were rumours that they were going to join up with Mercedes. I remember at some point, uh, I think towards the end of last season, and there was quite an adverse reaction from social media as a whole. They've got some dodgy, they've got a bit of a dodgy reputation uh, but like you say, they're everywhere anyway. So, yeah, you know, is it any worse than gambling or tobacco in the past? Well, that about wraps it up uh, for this week. It's been great hanging out with you guys. I hope you've enjoyed the news. We've had a lot to cover uh, and obviously a lot to talk about. Uh, but obviously, we'll be back. We'll be back next week uh, for even more news. Thanks to Super Producer Rich again for all the great news collaborating that he does. Um, so yeah thank you again to you guys for joining me today cheers and just one thing left to say isn't there Abby thank you (laughs) see you guys later bye bye Podcast Network.